Loaning out their own loose I'll be looking for a woman like you Hello and welcome to a new episode of Behind the Sounds. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Leah. I'm here today with Phil Barton from Nashville, uh, originally an Aussie, though, my first Aussie of the show. Hello, Ooh. welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Good day, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, yeah, you're my first non-American, which is great, and I'm glad. I'm glad I've got you on. Um, I know you've been been in Nashville for quite a while now. Um, so how how are things there? I know you're you're getting to play a few shows and things are opening up. And and how is it there? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been lucky that the listening rooms a place I play a lot, just like the songwriter shows. And um, yeah, uh, they they open. A, a while back and they've been doing pretty cautious shows and yeah I've got to do some really good shows there and the cool thing has been I guess because artists aren't out on the road there've been a lot more artists that are wanting to play the listening room so you know I've been playing a bunch with Carly Pierce I played one with Jimmy Allen and like just it's it's been cool to be able to still do littler shows you know what I mean so it's it's so great to hear the crowd the first time you heard the crowd like sing back one of your songs or just clap it was just a great feeling so it's obviously strange but it's great to be in Nashville and you know people are starting to write again in person and you know it's 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 good it's good yeah how have you found the whole zoom writing thing because everyone's kind of taking to it in different ways I think some people are quite enjoying it now and other people are desperate to get back face to face how did you find it yeah I don't mind it actually I I mean it makes it I guess easier to just do it from home and you can sleep in a bit longer or not that I am but you know what I mean like it's like takes the drive time out but and I and I love that you can still connect with people and I mean it's been weird in a way because all of a sudden you had more access to a bunch of artists. Like I noticed, like I'd only written with, uh, say, Eli Young Band a few times and we wrote a song called Skin and Bones that they released. But um, me and Mike Eli at the start of quarantine were writing quite a bunch and Morgan Evans and a bunch of people that just I used to write with a lot, but... Um, they're so busy on the road that it's like all of a sudden we could find time on Zoom to write. So it was, uh, I mean, for that, it was great and great to connect with people again. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think, and I've heard a lot, you know, we're now at the time where songs that have been written on Zoom are now coming out in the world. And yeah. I think it's so great to see that actually it, it is possible and it can happen. Yeah, isn't it funny? Like, and, and my friend uh, JT Harding just had a number one like two weeks ago with Beers and Sunshine that uh, Darius Rucker recorded. That was a, he wrote it uh, when he had no electricity and went to his publisher house. And um, yeah, Zoom right, and it's a number one song. So, I mean, all of a sudden, yeah, those songs are all starting to infiltrate, aren't they? And it's pretty, pretty crazy and pretty cool, I guess. 
yeah it's, it's great to hear that you know it hasn't stopped <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so as I said you've been in Nashville for quite a while but you grew up obviously in Australia I'm so intrigued as to where your country influence comes from because I think correct me if I'm wrong but Australia is a bit like Britain country music is there but you've got to know where to look for it yeah so, and I, I was born in Melbourne too which is so not a country music place so I never really was exposed to it much except for like Things like, um, you know, the John Denvers and the Ken uh, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Partons that obviously infiltrate all music styles, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I went to university up in, in a place called Lismore near Byron Bay that, you know, I started to really hear country music. And, um, and, and I, I ended up doing um, children's music and... Uh, uh, got a got a label deal with a, um, a label called ABC Music, and they they were leaders in children's music and country music. So all of a sudden, I was starting to hang out with all the, all I guess superstars of Australian country music, you know, because we were all on the same label and we all started to know each other, and they they were great people, and I just became fans of a fan of going to country music festivals and uh, I just started to really really love the music and that's that's also when things like the Dixie Chicks were starting and and you know obviously Garth Brooks was super big and I was just a fan of the songs and you know it was just I somehow caught the country music bug and I, it just became my obsession and that's what I loved was writing songs on acoustic guitar you know yeah, and once you catch the bug, you're, you're stuck. <laughs> you are, yeah. You want your, And I love it. I love it. I love 90s country, and I love the radio now, and I, it, that's what I love is country music. So, and, and I love the progression of it. I love the history of it. I love everything about it. It's just a great musical style, so, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and obviously, you kind of had a career, like, back home, but then – what was it that kind of influenced like your move to Nashville? Like, why did you want to move? Because obviously like it's, it's the place to be if you want to write country and you want to be country. But was there a, a point in your life where you're like, that's just not enough for me now. I've got to make the move. Yeah. Uh, there was a guy called Greg Shaw that I met that used to manage Keith Urban and he'd moved back to Australia after Keith had become huge in America. And, um, but I mean, I got to I got to know him before, and I watched Keith, you know, when he was in a band called The Ranch, and I just I I was like, oh man, this is awesome. This looks like all the songs they're creating over there seems great. And my friend Kylie Sackley, who wrote um, nothing about love makes sense for Leanne Rhymes, and she wrote Sunshine and Summertime for Faith Hill. She moved over here as like an 18 year old and she kept coming back to Australia and she always had great songs. And I was like, Oh man, they sound amazing. And, you know, it just got me super interested in coming to Nashville that I took a trip and, you know, I walked up and down music row the first time I remember it so well. And I was like, God, this is where I need to be. And, you know, it's hard to leave a life that you've got in another country and, just move somewhere you don't know anybody and start a whole life again. But 
I just knew that it was home. It just felt like home as soon as I landed in Nashville. It's so it's the weirdest, strangest feeling I've ever had, but I knew I had to be here. And obviously you gotta jump through a lot of hoops for visas and mm -hmm. green cards and all that stuff to get here eventually. But uh, you know, it was worth it and you know, just everyone's so excited to write songs here that you feel like you're a part of it, you know, it's just I mean, it's an exciting energy to to get in this system. So, mm. yeah. yeah, definitely. And was it? Did you always want to be a songwriter, or were you kind of like, oh, maybe I'll try the artist route? Or because I feel like from talking to people, they either go one of two ways. They're like, I'm going to be an artist, and then they kind of fall into the songwriting, or you go to be a songwriter. Yeah, I think everyone wants to be a rock star, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an Australian rock star <laughs> world, you know. Um, and that was from bands like In Excess that I looked up to and were just like, oh, wow, these Australians can go across the world and be superstars. So that that's what got me into playing guitar. But I think I just, like, I was learning other people's songs and then I just started playing chords and singing my own stuff and, I knew from that moment that's what I wanted to do. Um, I just loved it. And then, you know, how do you make a living out of songwriting? It's a really hard thing. But, I mean, I just, you, it's just a part of, like, it's who I am. It's it's what I've got to do. It's just what makes me happy, I think. I don't, it's a very strange thing. But, mm. but I just, I love writing melodies I love, you know, the words fitting into a song. It's just a real puzzle and it's a beautiful feeling when you write something you're proud of. Yeah. And it's obviously paid off for you. I mean, how long have you been there now? Uh, it's about 13 years, 14 years. So mm -hmm. uh, it's pretty amazing how fast it goes. But, um, yeah, and it's uh, it's been a wild ride. I was obviously lucky to to get here and um, and started writing with a lot of people and there was a lot of great, great people kind of moved here at the same time, which I feel like people are always moving here. So there's always great little classes of people that come up together. So, you know, we had a great, great bunch of friends and we'd all be writing songs and we didn't have publishing deals, but now now it's you know a lot of my friends have got tour buses and they're mm -hmm. like driving around and they got songs going to number one and it's pretty amazing to watch the journey of everyone you know and and be like you know I remember writing with Kelsey Ballerini when she was 14 15 I remember writing with Thomas Rhett earlier I remember you know all these people that that are now superstars you know it's 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 been pretty special pretty yeah. special life really yeah definitely and I, I love that you said that you know you talk everyone talks about Nashville being like a 10-year town and and to see the journey of everyone and she said that Kelsey was so young when she moved there and now look at her but am I right in saying so your your first number one which was a Lee Bryce hit was quite early on was it since when you moved to Nashville how long had you been there by that point because that was such a great hit yeah, it, I mean, I've been here like two or three years, like 
I, I, I kind of had a double life when I was doing the visa process where I'd be here for three months, go back to Australia, make money, come back for mm -hmm. three months. So I had a three-year sort of like intro before I could get the visa. And then I think it was about two or three years in, I got, I finally got a publishing deal and, and, and yeah, we wrote that song and someone played it to Lee and he recorded it like really quickly like two days after and 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 he just was confident that was going to be his first single off that record which you know it was thank god it was a beautiful beautiful decision and um for us and um yeah it went to number one it was his first number one song just felt really special to be a part of mm -hmm. yeah um, and and with friends you know like uh, there was a guy johnny bulford that i wrote that with and i I saw he played a show after me, like just at an open mic night, like the Commodore Lounge, um, which is a little bar in town. And they ha always have open mic nights where you have to sign up. And anyway, I saw him sing and I was like, this guy's amazing. And, and um, it was more so I wanted him to uh, sing some demos for me, but he was like, let's write some songs. And, you know, three or four, three or four songs later we wrote woman like you and it honestly changed both of our lives so you know yeah definitely and yeah. and yeah yeah and at the time so it was lee's second album right and yeah. this song now obviously the lead single is acm nominated was one of the like songs of the year there was so much buzz around that and i think even now you know it's still one of them songs you go down Broadway and Nashville and people are singing it. it it's a classic kind of of the last decade a song that people sing a lot so when you initially were like in the studio writing that song did you mm. ever did you kind of have a feeling that it was going to be the song that changed all your lives or were you just like oh it's another song uh not really because you're just trying to I mean we're just doing our job where it's like try and write the best song you can that day it felt it felt pretty special, but I think we we really wrote on it, like like in it. It's got a different chorus, every chorus, and it just I, it was just a really long write. And you know, we went and had dinner after because it was like nine o'clock or something when we finished, and and it, it just felt it felt pretty special. But you know, you you need time to just like listen the next day, but. I guess John John played it to Lee like at, at Lee was his friends with Lee and Lee was grilling and he was went past his place and said I think I wrote a pretty special song today and so he played it to Lee and and I woke up the next day and there was pretty much a little recording of Lee doing it on Pro Tools at his house because he I guess he really loved it so I mean it, it's pretty amazing how it all happened really. Yeah, and it's weird because at the time, obviously, his second album, but Lee wasn't huge then, you know, it wasn't kind of this really anticipated album. It was kind of like, oh, yeah, he did quite well off his first album. This is going to be a good one, I should say, obviously, his first number one. So even at that point when you've, like, the songs being recorded by him, do you have any expectation that it's going to be a single, that it's going to do well? Is there any expectation there at all? I, I guess because he was so... He was he was confident that it was going to be the single, so all of a sudden you're excited about it. Um, he'd had love like crazy, so we knew uh, 
you, you knew he was an artist that could get up the charts and, and um, you know, was someone that was going to be great, you know, and he was already was great, obviously. Um, I, I had a mutual friend, so I met Lee on my first trip in 2005 and um, I, I just hung out with him on the couch, you know, and he'd been playing songs and I just thought he was amazing. So I just, it was weird that it was Lee that recorded the song who was a guy that I knew had just signed a record deal and was working on his first record at the time and I, I just was in awe of his talent, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was really funny that that he ended up recording one of my songs because you know I was I was the guy trying to write with this guy but I never got to write with him mm-hmm. uh, and then he ended up recording a song so it was it was pretty pretty special and cool and I'm glad it was someone I knew and a little bit and 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 we could share that moment together you know yeah definitely and obviously it changed things it skyrocketed him even further but as you you've just said it, it changed your life so what after that came out and obviously went to number one all the nominations everything after that how did things change was it people started treating you differently or you just got more opportunities like what how could did it kind of snowball into more um it was it obviously just like i feel like nashville too everyone's you know uh Wait, if you're from another country, people are waiting to see if you stick around. Um, so it really just cemented that I was in Nashville for good. All of a sudden, I, I was a real part of the Nashville songwriting community. I feel like that's what it did for me. Like it broke down the walls and all of a sudden people that I couldn't write with wanted to write and not that I wasn't writing with people before, you know what I mean? Like it just, it, it got bigger opportunities because um, they were like, who's this guy? And he's obviously sticking around. Um, so I got to know more people and, and, and all of a sudden you're getting chances to write with people like Lady A or like different people that, you know, were on the way up too. So um I don't know. It's it was it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, just w- the doors that it opened, and obviously the nominations for Song of the Year, and and um, I was lucky enough to win Breakthrough Songwriter of the Year in um, 2012, and that was with Johnny Bulford, who I talked about, and mm-hmm. um, and and I, I mean, all of a sudden you're and you know you're a part of the community so that was a beautiful thing really yeah and then I suppose it's just kind of carried on from there like you've had so many cuts and hits over the years for like yeah. massive people you know like even Sarah Evans you know we talk about you talk about yeah. some loving 90s country and and she granted more kind of 2000s but she was such a force and she is still such a force in country music and, yeah. and you, I know you had a couple of hits for her what's what's it like when you you look back and you think, wow, I, I got a hit on her her album. Yeah, it's, I mean, I feel like it's precious when anyone records one of your songs. It's like always a, th- a thrill. It's a, sorry. It's always a thrill no matter who it is. Um, uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's, it's, I mean, you just try and write these songs and you hope people like them and it's, 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 
special to be a part of someone's like journey or dream, you know, and to be for them to use your song as part of their career is is I find it an honor, no matter mm -hmm. who it is, you know, like, and then to have someone like Sarah Evans that you look up to or, you know, someone new coming through like Mickey Guyton or, you know, you know, it's like just to be a part of a record is just special, like mm -hmm. no matter when. And I yeah. never take that for granted, you know, like I feel like, man, it, it, it's just such an honor. Um, yeah, that it's because everyone has these dreams to be famous and like to to be a part of that is just super cool as a songwriter. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Mickey Garrison because I wanted to talk about her because you had a cut. Was it on her debut EP that that you had a cut? Yeah. And, and obviously, like, we've spoken about the journeys that people have. She has had one heck of a journey, you know, especially the last year. She's just done oh. incredibly well so what's it like looking back being a part of that very first ep um did you kind of did you have a feeling that she was gonna do well because that that voice is just incredible I mean, it's just a i mean i firstly loved writing a song with emily and victoria banks emily shackleton two of my very best friends great songwriters um we have a really special connection. I think we've written like 150 songs, the three of us. So this is really special when you have song, a relationship like that. And then all of a sudden you get, start getting some songs. Like we had the Sarah Evans song with that. And, and then, and then Mickey Guyton recorded that song and she just signed a couple records. It was really exciting to watch moments like her play that at the Grand Old Opry the first time. And, um, I mean, she, I mean, we all think she's a star, you know, and, and now, now it's getting seen by the world and, um, she's, she's an awesome artist. So we'll, we'll see, uh, I hope her career continues to skyrocket mm -hmm. and, and yeah, it feels really special that Why Baby Why was, you know, part of the first chapter with her. Yeah, definitely. I think she's just going to continue to grow. So it's yeah. really cool to look back at and see that. And I think them songs, I know, obviously, it's not years ago, but they already stand the test of time, you know. So it's great yeah. to see that it's, it's still kind of part of her collection. <laughs> well, and then we had the honour of, uh, there was a girl called Tristan McIntosh that went on American Idol and she sang Why Baby Why as her audition piece. And the video actually went viral of her audition and it's, and it ended up being like 65 million views in like a week. And it was mm -hmm. just, it, it got noticed that song all of a sudden by, you know, it was on iTunes, like up the chart and everything. And it was, it was just super cool. Um, Cause that song feels like a really special song, you know? So, you know, I, I can't wait when everyone's doing concerts again and to see Mickey play it live again, you know, I'm mm -hmm. sure she'll do it. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And, you know, I, I got, you know, I'd sent her a text after the Grammy performance and, and just was like, congrats. This is so amazing to see you play the Grammys and just, you know, straight, straight away she replied, you know, thank you so much. You know what I mean? It's just, it's nice to have a relationship and, be a part of her journey yeah, yeah. definitely we love a journey <laughs> yeah.
Um, and you talk about obviously being writing and you've written a lot of hits for, for albums and things. But one thing I'm, I'm so intrigued about is you had a, a song on a massive Oscar nominated movie, um, Cesario. Yeah. How like did that happen? Because if you listen, if you watch film or if you heard the soundtrack, anyone, it's a very kind of raw and, and quite gritty soundtrack I would say in, yeah. in so many ways so how did it happen that you get a song on like a massive blockbuster movie I mean that's a that's a weird thing about songs you never know what songs are gonna go where or mm -hmm. you just gotta write them and just you know hope they find their way and I mean that song was a it's a song called Cowboy's Duty to be checking out the booty <laughs> which is just a weird title in itself. But, you know, we were having a day. I remember writing it and, you know, we, when there was no real ideas and I had this idea. It's Cowboy's Duty to be checking out the booty. It was just a fun, you know, song, um, just stupid, cool. But I thought it was fun and, and I liked playing it around town, like at the Bluebird and all these shows, you know. So I remember playing it at the Bluebird and and – and one of the guys in the audience, like, really liked the song and he ended up being a, a music supervisor in in um, in L.A. And uh, he, he placed the song in that movie. I mean, it was just so random and so crazy. But, yeah, and, and when you get a phone call like that, you don't know what, um, what the movie's going to be because, you know... But mm -hmm. I knew that Emily Blunt was in the movie, so I was like, oh, this could be good. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, let's approve it. And yeah. plus, whoever thought this song would be in a movie uh, about Mexican drug cartels, you know. <laughs> but anyway, we went to the movies when it came out and all my friends came and we sat there and watched it and, and there in the middle of it, there was the song and it was like, man, I mean, it plays for about a minute and a half and it was just like super cool. Super cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy world, really. I mean, yeah. who ever would have thought? And then it gets nominated for three Oscars, I think. Yeah. So it's just crazy. Yeah, and like, do you ever think, like, looking back, and you think, oh, I'm, I'm going to go write country music. You know, this is going to be the goal. And then your song ends up, as you say, like on a movie about Mexican drug cartel. Uh, and it's, I mean. I mean, that's not the only, like, things like that happen all the time. Like, I had one song I did with the Henningsons, and and it got used in the, the computer game The Sims. Yeah. And I had to record it in the Simlish language. And it was, I mean, it's so strange, but it's, like, so cool to have a song in this computer game. And then, you know, I had one song I wrote called Pineapple Wine, which was a country song about drinking, you know, making wine in Hawaii like which you know I mean strange idea but all of a sudden uh the guy I wrote it with like was working in the management for this big reggae band and and they ended up recording it a band called Morgan Heritage and then they ended up uh getting nominated for a Grammy which Pineapple Wine was one of the singles for this album and for best reggae so you never know where a song's gonna mm -hmm. Pop up, you know, like it's. I mean, you know, you just yeah. you just try and write the best song you can that day with whatever in the room, you know, and yeah, 
but and that's lessons I've learned with songs like Cowboys Duty to be checking out the booty. But <laughs> moral of the story, even if you think it's a, a random silly song, play it anyway. You never know where it's gonna take you. Well, uh, yeah, I mean you, you just gotta write the songs and see, you know, hopefully someone likes it and we all have different tastes, you know, so mm -hmm. and there's always different needs for different songs. So I think I realized that when I was doing children's music that, it, yeah. that, you know, any, anything can happen, you know, with a song. Yeah, definitely. And I'm kind of intrigued. Um, cause obviously you're, you're not from Nashville. You've got this, uh, you're from, you've got this amazing career in Nashville, sorry, but you're obviously from Australia. Do you find that the success that you've had, does it correlate back home? Cause like, do people know who you're writing for? Is it is it like you kind of message people back home like, oh, I'm writing with these people, I'm writing with these people, but they're like, oh, okay, we don't really yeah. know who they are. Is it yeah. weird to kind of like even even to message my mum and say this person's recorded a song and she yeah. doesn't know the country artist, so you know they're not famous in Australia, so it's mm. like it's it's different you know but then i'll get a recording by someone in australia and she'll be super excited about that you know mm -hmm. um yeah i i mean i think coming from australia i understand that there's like superstars all over the world so you know i was lucky enough to have a song on the shires record yeah. which is big in england you know which is amazing and and that was super cool i love working with canadian talent i've been very lucky up there I've had something like 15 top tens and and but I love all the artists up there and I love going up to Canada and watching the country crowd with with the audiences like I love watching um C2C in England like yeah. it's great to watch all this country music like you know people like Catherine McGrath and all these you know great artists that you know get a chance in their own own country you know like um yeah i mean it's a it's a pretty great world uh, mm -hmm. I think. so i i mean i love all the country community in nashville but but i care about the whole world really i mean yeah. I, my eyes are open to riding with everyone you know yeah of course and and actually you had hits literally all over for every everywhere and i know we were meant to have you over at c2c last okay. year and then this year um, I don't know. yeah will you I, be back I, next year do we know I, I was over there yeah so it was like the concert got cancelled that morning and it was like I was so excited because I didn't know Nico Moon very well then so we were playing and Tennille Towns is a good friend of mine so we were playing and and Kaylee Hammock and 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 Jared Johnson who I've written with you know from Cadillac 3 so it was going to be a great show, so that was so disappointing. But, mm. you know, hopefully, yeah. I, I'm, I always come over for that show, like, for the C2C thing. But, yeah, I was excited to play. Yeah. I got, play blue, I got to play a Bluebird show at um, in London, like, in October before in 2019, and that was super special. Me and Tennille Arts and... and and Tabe, yeah, and it was it was super fun. Yeah, no, we're excited to have you back, and 
I think just concerts in general would be great. But no, it was such a good lineup. And I think it was because it was, you know, literally, as you say, the day of it was cancelled. It was it was so disappointing. But Touchwood, we will have you back next year. And yeah. Then... Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I write for a woman named Liz Rose that wrote a lot of Taylor Swift songs and Girl Crush and a lot of great songs. And she was supposed to come over too. And we were going to do a show with Laurie McKenna in Ireland too. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure all this, all these shows will happen when, when they can. So I'll yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I wanted to ask you about that because over the, obviously over the years you signed with, with Liz Rose music and obviously you said Liz has just had the most incredible career. Um, yeah. what's, what's it like writing under her and with her? Uh, she's just an incredible she's an incredible inspiring woman like um and once you get over the fear factor of writing a song with liz rhodes <laughs> you know, who, who's you know when she's your boss it's like oh god i've got to be good today uh, <laughs> however i can't suck but anyway um she's just wonderful she works really hard and so it shows me what you need to do to be successful um I love, she started writing songs at 39. Um, so, I mean, but but just watching her uh, her talent is just, uh, I'm in awe of it. And it inspires me to be a better songwriter, you know? I'm, I'm lucky to have her in my life and that she believes in my talent and, and has become like, you know, almost like family, really. She's just... Mm -hmm. An incredible woman that um, I feel privileged to know, you know, and to be inspired by, you know. So, yeah, she is a legend in every corner. Yeah, and her success doesn't just happen, you know. She works her butt off and mm -hmm. and writes and writes and 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 it's uh, it's really. And she and she's open to writing with new talent. You know that's why that's where a lot of success has happened. So you know I I try and do that too. You know and see you never know who's going to be the next superstar or you never know. I mean yeah, she was Taylor was fourteen I think when she started writing a lot with her and you know her publisher at the time was like I think you're spending too much time with this girl but she was like. I enjoy writing songs with this girl, so why wouldn't I? So, you mm -hmm. know, she ended up having so many songs on the, those first two Taylor records, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and everyone now knows her name, you know. <laughs> everyone knows Taylor Swift now. Um, yeah. So talking of new talent, the song that, that's come out very recently, which I don't know if I'm, I should admit this, but I have to say I think it's my favourite song of 2021 so far. Especially oh. by a female is Lauren Dusky. I would feel. Oh yeah. It is. It is just a driving down, windows down, singer sing along song, but also with so much heart and meaning. Um, so can you can you tell me a little bit of background about that song? I just really just really wanted to. I, I wrote that title down, like and and. You know, I just wanted to write a great love song. I was with Lauren and I didn't really know her. It was the first write we ever had. And um, just, I just thought, I saw the title while we were talking and I was like, oh, let's write a love song. 
And then we're writing with a guy, Jason Nix, who's great. He's on the new Laney Wilson song and such a nice guy, such a talent. We both had songs on Eli Young Footprints record. So we'd met through that. Um, and he's very, he takes things very heartbreak. So I remember the riot, we were having a lot of fights about like, um, I was trying to write a positive love song and he always tried to take it to a heartbreak and Lauren was in the middle and we just, I, I think I, so we fought a lot that day because I was like, this needs to be a special love song that's like, but I, I think it was worth it because it really came out beautiful. Her voice is fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I feel like she was doing a lot of sad songs, you know, so I think when she really listened to it a week after or something, and she was like, oh, there's something really special in this song. So she recorded, you know, she spent some time and recorded it eventually. And, and, um, yeah, I was, I was just excited. She's, somehow on TikTok, she, she put it up to see Test the Waters and it kind of went viral and, and then she, she thought, yeah, I'll put it out. So, yeah, I mean, that was very exciting when she put it out. Just because mm -hmm. I love the song. Yeah. Like, it feels like one of my favorite, you know, things I've been a part of. I love the message of it because it's like, it is true. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. feel it in the heart, you know? Yeah, it's, it's what, as I said, it's one of my favorites. And I think she, you're so right. She has written so many great songs that are sad you know yeah. and it's really nice to see obviously she has written love songs and released them before but it, it kind of just feels like a a blossoming almost and it's one of them songs that I think will do very well so I'm very yeah. glad it got that. She's such a beautiful person too like such a talented person I mean yeah fingers crossed she's she'll it's gonna be around for a while and she'll just kick it out of the park because I mean she's amazing yeah yeah I can't wait to hear hear it kind of take off because I really do think it will <laughs> um amazingly we are coming to the end already which has flown by but I know you are you are gonna perform for us which is great but before I, I let you go um and play I have three questions that I ask everyone everyone every time same three questions all around threes um, so firstly, could you name three songs that you wish you'd have written? I'm sure there's a lot um, of three. <laughs> that's like the hardest thing ever. Um, yeah. I guess I would go to, um, I know this will be all over the place, but um, I love What Hurts the Most, uh, The Rascal Flats Did, written by Jeffrey Steele, Steve Robson. Um, I mean, that was one of the, the songs I really fell in love with country music with. That's, that's why I would say that song is one of them. Um, I would say, you know, something like Need You Tonight by In Excess. Um, and that's more so that it was the first single I ever brought. It inspired me as an Australian to want to, take on the world. I couldn't believe that an Australian band wrote a number one song in America. It just, it just was everything to me. Like, I, I mean, so that's, I hold on tight to that song. And now I've become friends with Andrew Ferris. Like I got to play that song with him at the Bluebird Cafe. And it was just like one of the greatest 
moments in my life, yeah. like almost brought me to tears that a song that inspired my whole journey would be like, you know, like I get to play with the guy that wrote it at the Bluebird Super Special. Um, um, and then the third one would be tough. I mean, I mean, do you go to something that's inspired you to music, like Thriller or something by Michael Jackson? Or, I mean, I love Unanswered Prayers by Garth Brooks, probably. It's it just... I love the lyricness of that song and just made me love country music, you know. Yeah, um, that's a great. So, song. But I could go on forever with songs, but <laughs> anyway, so that would be my three. Amazing. I'm going to challenge you even more now. It's an even harder question, I think. Uh, three albums you couldn't live without. Oh gosh, <laughs> <laughs> that's really tough. Um, well, I would say In Excess Kick just. Life-changing record, obviously for everyone, for the Australian music industry as well. Um, uh, that's so tough. Uh, probably the Dixie Chicks first record. Yeah, nice. Wide Open Spaces. It was just such a beautiful collection of songs. Um, and then, I mean, maybe like Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, I mean... Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I mean, it's just such a jammy record that it's like, it's just an inspiring record, I think. Yeah, you know? it's one that you, you know, there's no skip songs. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard, isn't it? It's so, so much great music. I mean, Oasis would be closed, Crowded House. I mean, so much good stuff that you just love, you know? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. I like that. It's a good, good, good mix. Um, and then my final question for you, three artists or writers, producers that you haven't yet worked with that you'd like to work with in the future? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I, I've never written a song with Hilary Lindsay. I know she's friends with all my friends. So, um, I mean, I'd love to write with her, even if it's with Liz and Laurie one day, you know, it'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Producers, um, oh man, it's, it's so. I'd love to write with Keith Urban. Obviously, I've never got to write with him. Um, mm -hmm. uh, obviously, just such a part of my inspiration to move to Nashville. Um, and just you know, I've known all his friends and been a part of his life without being a part of his life. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, um, uh, such a such a bit. Cara Diguardi, probably. I love nice. her, I love her songwriting. Uh, she's great friends with my friend Jeff Cohen, who I don't know if you know, but he's a great songwriter. And, um, so I've been to dinner with them a bunch, and she's lovely, but I love going to watch her play shows, and she's such a great songwriter, yeah, just super special, and um and inspiring you know i love yeah. inspiring people and she covers so many genres as well and yeah she's just yeah. so yeah big fan <laughs> yeah she's an amazing songwriter so, yeah awesome yeah. they are good people the hillary oh. one's got to happen soon surely 
Which one? Hillary. I'm surprised you've never written with her. Yeah, I know. It was supposed to happen last year, but, you know, but it will happen, surely. Yeah, definitely. Well, I will I will leave the floor to you. I know you're going to play us out, but thank you so, so much um, for being a part of it and being on the show. I wish we could, I could have spoken for hours. <laughs> but oh, thank yeah. you so much. Um, and I look forward to hearing. Thanks for having me, Leah. It's been awesome to talk to you. And hopefully I'll get to meet you over at CTC or whatever. Yes, fingers crossed. It will happen at some point. <laughs> so I guess I'll play um, Woman Like You, just, you know, um, thankful that it changed my life. Lee Bryce recorded it, of course, gone double platinum, and it's just such a blessing. It goes like this. <laughs> Last night, out of the blue, drifting out to the evening news. She said, honey, what would you do if you'd have never met me? I just laughed, said, I don't know. I could take a couple guesses, though. So I tried to dig real deep. Said, darling, honestly, go on. I do a lot more offshore fishing. I probably eat more drive Take some strokes off my golf game. If I'd have never known your name, still be driving that old green over. I probably never would have heard of Yoda. I'd be a better football fan. But if I was a single man, alone and out there on the loose, I'd be looking for a woman like you. Till I got her attention And I said, baby, I forgot to mention I wouldn't trade a single thing, no For a hundred years the other way She just smiled and rolled her eyes Cause she's heard all of my lines I said, come on, girl, seriously If I hadn't been so lucky I'd be shooting pool in my bachelor pad Playing bass in my cover band, restocking that Cobra line. Poker every Tuesday night. I'd have a dirt bike in the shed, and I won't throw a pillow on a bed. No way, keep my cash in a coffee can. But if I was a single man, loaning out there on the loose. I'd be looking for a woman like you. Yeah. She knows what a mess I'd be if I didn't ever hear. But to be sure, baby, I whispered in her ear. You know I get sick deep sea fishing. And you make the best fried chicken. Come on. I got a hopeless golf game. I love the sound of your name. My miss that old green over. But I love watching you do your thing. I take this gold band on my hands. Hope for being a single man. Cause honestly, I don't know what I'd do. 
fight never met a woman like you. Thank you.